Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. The Chief Medical Officer, Limerick man himself, Dr. Tony Holohan, was back yesterday uh, after taking leave following the death of his wife. We've had some recent ECDC guidance, I'm sure you know this, published yesterday. Uh, that gives us, if you like, uh, a summary, a synthesis of the increasing evidence that gives us confidence in relation to those things. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a hopeful situation. But we're not yet where we need to be in terms of the portion of the population who are either at risk overall and uh, being fully vaccinated or the remainder of the population being vaccinated in the, in the way that we want to be. And so we have more work to do. Uh, but as I say, I think it gives us reason for both hope and confidence that we can move through uh, an easing of the restrictions. But a key thing from our point of view is that we don't find ourselves in a situation whereby, as we ease through restrictions, that the public or the population gets ahead of us in terms of anticipatory behaviour and puts further progress that we might make collectively in easing restrictions at risk uh, by virtue of taking on some of the riskier activities that I think at this stage we all know are the things we're trying to avoid. We're still a little concerned about where the disease is at uh, and we, we've seen some numbers in recent days that give us reason for, for concern that we're going to have to observe more closely over the course of the coming days uh, to give us satisfaction that we have arrived at if we think we have a point where moving on to any easing of restrictions would be something we could contemplate advising government in relation to. That's Dr. Tony Holohan, the Chief Medical Officer, speaking at the Public Health Emergency Team media briefing last night. Our own Ronan Moyles joins me. Good morning to you, Ronan. Can't say I was overly thrilled with what I heard last night from Tony Holohan and others. Sounded to me like an early warning system to all of us about what may be about to come and how many times have we been here before and it does worry me a lot when I hear loads of speculation about reopening loads of positive headlines being generated in many of the newspapers not all I have to say over the last few days and now the Irish Independent this morning who's been more downbeat than most on the front pages saying reopening now on a knife edge as Covid cases rise yeah, look, I think there's a tendency for us all after after months and, and journalists are no different uh, to try and find any positive at all uh, within these briefings. But there was, Joe, in fairness, some. I mean, they said compared, I suppose, to where we were, uh, we're in a lot better position. But you're entirely correct when you say, Joe, that uh, there was some early uh, warning bells being sounded. They did say they saw a small spike is what they described it as in cases over the la- last few days. It does have to be said um, over the previous three or four days, actually, because you can get the swab data um, ahead of the actual numbers that are announced and the numbers that were announced were below the number of positive swabs that were being found. Um, so obviously they've all been checked now and I would say that 600 number there yesterday would have a little bit to do with that. They're probably swabs from uh, a couple of days beforehand. Um, you would like to hope that that'll even out uh, but they are, as you know, Dr. Mahullahan said there and um, he, he, I, without wanting to go back exactly over what he said, I think the fear is perhaps that now we are seeing um, more of that mixing that they're worried about. Obviously schools have come back along with that um, people have gone back to work because people have gone back to school um, they were warning against that but inevitably that's going to happen so look that's something we'll have to keep an eye on, on, eye on. but I have to say look you, you are very pessimistic I, I think Joe this morning you no, sound, no, you I, sound no, to me no, no, Maybe no, we just I, I, I'm, not, I'm not pessimistic my issue is 
the talk around these things in the build-up to the announcement that the government makes, and then the government makes an announcement that doesn't quite reach what the speculation has indicated, mm. and it actually makes people feel worse. You know, I, I just think the old truism about uh, un, uh, under-promise and over-deliver, there's a lot to be said for that. And it seems to go out the window at times. I think I think it has to be said on a number of occasions over the last year. The government has has failed in that, um, and I think we've seen and 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 even sometimes stuff outside the government's um, control has failed in that. If we look at AstraZeneca, for example, I think have we ever seen a more ultimate example of of doing things the wrong way around? Um, so yeah, and that of course does annoy people, you know. Yeah, and one of the other acronyms, NIAC who are examining, as they did the AstraZeneca vaccine, and they were the ones who recommended that it should be given to 60 and over rather than 60 and under because of the worry of rare blood clots. Uh, A similar concern has emerged over the J&J vaccine, and they met yesterday, but they're not going to make their recommendation until early next week, we're hearing. Yeah, um, that's that's exactly it. It'll probably be in the in the first either Monday or Tuesday of next week, as we understand. That was addressed actually at the. Uh, there was another briefing yesterday, the HSE's briefing, and um, Paul Reid spoke about that, and he made it pretty clear that if there is a limitation, particularly if the decision is made uh, to limit it also to the over sixties, it will have a severe um, effect on our vaccine program. Here, it will severely slow it down. He he, he did say that. He says and, he's and and it, it kind of is connected into the government's continuing target of 80% of us getting at least the first jab. And as I say, the language had changed slightly from some ministers. We're going to get the first jab or be offered the first jab, 80% plus of us by the end of June. They now seem to be back on a message of 80% to get the first jab by the end of June. But HSC's Paul Reid saying, well, that's okay if we get J&J approved for widespread use. If we don't, even the Tarnished is now saying we're unlikely to hit that target. Yeah, he said that yesterday. I, 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 if, if the recommendation, certainly if it's over 60, that is out the window completely. If it's something like what they've done elsewhere, where it's been over 30, um, perhaps they'll be able to compensate for that somewhat. But look, there's a lot riding on now, uh, this decision, which is coming early next week. And unfortunately, we have to wait with bated breath over the weekend. We were hoping to get it this week. But look, at, I suppose better safe than sorry. They have to make sure they have all the data before making a decision because I would not uh, envy the person who has to make that final decision. No, we're chatting to our own Ronan Moyles. And I suppose I would have thought just from completely lay person's non-expert perspective that because they made a decision around AstraZeneca and it's a similar vaccine to J&J, not exactly the same but similar, that they would make a similar decision when it comes to the Johnson Johnson vaccine. But I'm being told that not necessarily. They may actually allow it to be used more widely in the population. Yeah, um, that's. I, I had heard something similar. We have to say, though, that um, in, in this country, and, and look, you, you may think this is rightly or wrongly, I, I would come down on the side of rightly, as frustrating as it is, um, our authorities have been extremely cautious, um, both Nayak and Nefit, when it comes to these things. Um, but look, they look at the evidence, and I'm a lay person just as much as you are, and hopefully they'll see enough evidence that it is safe enough uh, that it'll be as widespread as possible. Yeah. Just briefly give us um, some of the figures that they announced last night, anyway, at the Nefit briefing. Yeah, right? well, look, uh, we'll start locally here. Uh, 19 new cases of COVID 19 uh, confirmed in Limerick last night, uh, 617. 
um, confirmed nationwide. That's the highest number uh, in nearly three weeks. Uh, 176 uh, COVID patients in hospital and 48 in intensive care. And uh, the HSE, uh, again, at their briefing, spoke about the huge relief that that has put on that aspect of um, the, the, the pressure that hospitals have been under. But I do want to stick with hospitals for a moment, Joe. They did speak now that um, they've seen a 9.3% increase in emergency department uh, admissions compared to this time last year. Now, this is for people with other problems, nothing to do with COVID-19. And we saw that locally, especially here this week on Wednesday, we got what I actually would describe as an, uh, an extraordinary email. We often, we have previously gotten emails from UL Hospitals Group saying, look, um, can you uh, get the message out there and try and help us get the message out there that people should seek um, alternative options to the emergency department if they can, because we're, we're very busy at the moment. But this specifically said, we are experiencing our busiest ever 24 hours in, in the emergency department at University Hospital Nimerick when it comes to admissions. Mm. I mean, what we, from what we know about the ED there, to, for a statement like that to come out, I think is extraordinary and just shows what sort of pressure they're yeah. still under. Yeah. Um, I also, I know uh, the Department of Health um, briefing that was earlier said that nursing home residents and centres where most residents are fully vaccinated can have four visits with two people per week from the 4th of May. We know that there's actually a next phase of relaxation around things like allowing people to play golf and tennis, I think, on Monday. That was part of the earlier yeah. announcement. And then the big build-up to next week. But the bottom line is, Professor Philip Nolan said that based on the modelling, they reckon uh, that the reproduction rate is around one. And that's where the uh, knife-edge headline comes from the Irish Independent, doesn't it? Because that, yeah. that is the real danger point when it comes to the R number. Yeah, he said it's between 0 0.9 and 1.1. So we're either it's either... Um, going down very slowly or starting to rise very slowly. So yeah, that's, it's probably a very correct headline. I saw that headline. It, it is. It's, could you just could it be more of a knife edge than that? Uh, look, we're in for um, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully um, over the next few days we'll see things even off a bit. But you are right; they are uh, very early signs that perhaps this might be going the wrong direction. But we'll see. And there's phenomenal pressure on the government for another reason in that they're opening up so quickly in England. We've seen easing of restrictions again this morning in Northern Ireland, just over the border. Um, and we, based on vaccine rollout and other uh, factors, are, are taking a slower approach. And the more that happens and the wider the gap becomes, and I mean, today we're going to hear, for example, that Dublin won't be able to host the uh, Euro Championship finals in the games they were due to host in soccer because our government can't, for good reason, say that they will have 25% minimum capacity in the Aviva Stadium of crowds back. So it, it is a very complicated situation. Well, listen, thank you very much for simplifying it for us uh, this morning. We appreciate that. Live 95's Roland Moyles. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.